Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. And so we are going to start a series straight out of the book of Philippians. And, and we're going to do five weeks on this. Now, I'm not going to read uh, it, you know, chapter by chapter. We're not starting in chapter one and verse one and working all the way through it. I'm actually just going to talk about the major themes. Um, and so what I would encourage you to do is this, is that why don't you just sit down and read the book of Philippians? Why don't you read it every week that we're doing this series? Uh, it might sound like a tall order. It's a couple pages, guys. It's, uh, it's four chapters. You could easily do it in one sitting. It's not too hard for you. And so why don't you just pick up your Bible and read it and get everything that's good that's in there in here. Amen. So I'm going to preach a message to you guys this morning saying, keep growing, keep growing. Now, I thought I'd just give you a little bit of a background to the book of Philippians so you know what it's about before we sort of launch into it. And so I call it a book, but really uh, it's a letter. And it's a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and he wrote it to a church that's in Philippi. And this is a, 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 the very first church that Paul planted in Europe. And this is a very special city. Uh, it's different to a lot of other cities. It was filled with the Roman veteran soldiers. And so it had special tax-exempt status. Okay, and so the land was good. And, and by the way, with this city, they actually gave people the opportunity to own land. There was opportunity for land ownership. It was good agricultural land. And the people that lived in the city, they were like ex-army vets. And, and, and they were passionate about, uh, they were very patriotic uh, of, of the Roman Empire. And uh, they loved Caesar. And, and so they're very passionate about, about who they were and what they had done. And, um, you know, uh, many of the victories that they'd won. And that's just kind of the city that it was. And so because they were so patriotic about the Roman Empire, when the first people in the city began to become Christians and give their life to Jesus and say that, in fact, Jesus was God, that was met with a lot of resistance. And so a lot of the early Christians were being persecuted in the city. This is, in fact, the same city where Paul and Silas were arrested for casting a demon out of a slave girl and they were put into prison. Same city. This is the same place. And so uh, despite the fact that, that they had experienced some persecution, uh, the church was actually relatively healthy. It was doing pretty good. And so Paul writes this letter in around about 62 AD to encourage them to continue, because even though they're healthy and, and things were going well and some had faced persecution, on the whole, things were pretty good. How many of you know that you don't want to get too comfortable and just settle in? You want to keep growing. You want to keep developing spiritually, amen? And so this is why Paul writes the letter. And really, it's a big encouragement, a big encouragement. And so Paul uses the word joy. He uses the word rejoice about a dozen times, there's only four chapters. And so he seems to really talk about it a lot. And he's encouraging them to be passionate and joyful and to advance the kingdom of God and to continue to grow no matter what season they're going through, right? So I, I read this letter and I think everything that Paul was dealing with back then in that city is so relevant for, I think, our culture today, our church today. 
And so I want to begin and, and read to you a scripture out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 16. Paul, the apostle, writes, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He then says, let those of us who are mature, you know, if you're spiritually mature, think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. God makes a way, but you still got to walk it out. You know, God will make a way for you in life, but you still, you got to walk it out. I remember going to the beach years ago with my family. And as I began to walk into the water, I could feel there was a bit of a current. I didn't pay that much attention to it. And I was just having a great time in the ocean, just relaxing. And then I looked up and I realized that I didn't recognize anything, that, that nothing was the same. And without realizing it, the current had just caused me to drift. And it was indistinguishable. Like I was just relaxed and enjoying it the whole time, but it just carried me all the way down the beach. I had to swim against the current to get back out and eventually walk back up the beach. I want to tell you that God has a plan for your life, but your divine direction can drift. And when you begin to drift from God's plan for your life, the Bible calls that sin. Because now we're living outside of what God has called us and asked us to do. And it's really easy to do this. See, when I say sin, I feel like for some people in the room, especially if you don't come to church very often, you might hear that word and you just think it's this like grossly immoral behavior or act. But sin really, it means to miss the mark in terms of your design and intention. God made you for a purpose and you're living so far outside of that purpose, you're living in error. The Bible refers to error as sin. It's what it says it is. And, and you know, the truth is, is that everybody, everyone in this room, we all have this issue. We've all made a mistake. And, and the Apostle Paul, who, to be honest, was this the most amazing person. Like, it was so impressive. Like if you look at the Scriptures today, you should know that a lot of the books of the New Testament and a lot of the theology we have comes from this remarkable human being that we call the Apostle Paul. I mean, he is good. And the Apostle Paul, he comes along and he says, I'm not perfect. Now, you know, when I say that I'm not perfect, I feel like that makes less of an impact, you know? You know, like if I said, I'm not perfect, I feel like people would say, we know that, you know, Sarah, especially. And so when I say it, it means one thing. But when the Apostle Paul says it, it kind of means something else because he's remarkable. In fact, 
there is a, a whole lead into the scripture that we read today. I'll give a little, little bit of background on the Apostle Paul right as he's about to share that scripture that we just read. He says this in chapter three, and you don't have this, so I just want you to listen to it today. But he says, hey, if anybody thinks that they've got confidence in the flesh, right? And that means like on your own, like you could just do it on your own. He says, if anybody thinks that they've got confidence in the flesh, he goes, I have more. He goes, listen to this. I was circumcised on the eighth day. That doesn't mean much to you. It did to them. A Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee. Oh my gosh. As to zeal, a persecutor of, of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Oh, blameless under the law. That's remarkable. And Paul's the kind of guy that tells the truth. So can you imagine he's doing pretty good? He's got a lot to celebrate. But then he goes on to say, he says, but you know what? Whatever gain I had, I counted as lost for the sake of knowing Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And I count all my good works, all the good stuff that I've done, as amazing as I was, I now count it as rubbish, right? It was like as soon as he had a revelation of who God was and the standard of perfection, he suddenly realized good as I was, I was nowhere close to being perfect. And he's humble enough to share it. So he says to them, hey, 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 Philippians, I'm right to you today to let you know that I'm not perfect, but God still loves me. I'm not perfect, but God still uses me. God sees all of my imperfection, but God is still on my side. He's still for me. And, and, and you know what the truth is, is that sometimes for some people, they can just wake up one day and realize they have drifted so far away from God. And I wanna tell you today that if you wonder if God could ever use you because you're not perfect, the Apostle Paul, good as he was, had the same problem that you do. And he said, I'm not perfect, but God still uses me. Now, if you wake up one day and find yourself far from God, you don't have to do what I did, which was to fight against the current and, and swim to the beach and walk all the way back. In fact, in Christianity, we have this word is called repentance, right? And it sounds like a really religious word that you don't really want to know what it means. But let me explain it to you. It simply means that you just change the direction that you're facing. So what a lot of people do is they realize that they're facing the wrong way in life. That's because you were drifting and you didn't realize and you woke up to yourself and you said, man, I'm so far from God. I don't know if He could ever use me. If you find yourself there today, do yourself a favor, just turn around. That's it. You don't have to fight against the current. You don't have to solve every problem today. You don't have to arrive at perfection before Christ will accept you. You just turn around. That's repentance. You turn around, you realize that you need God and you start to go back after Him. Guys, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it is never about your work, energy or effort. And it's all about who He is and what He's done for you. The work's been finished. It doesn't require you anymore. That's good news. Now, Paul says, if you're a mature, spiritually mature person, then you should think this way. And here's the way he wants you to think. You ready for this? Come on, you said that you'd give me some. Come on, are you ready? Okay, okay. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to forget about what lies behind and I want you to strain forwards for what's ahead. Now, I'm not saying that you should just ignore all the stuff that you've done in your life. Come on, you've got to learn from it. You've got to grow from it. 
But he says, if you're spiritually mature, I want you to forget what lies behind and strain forwards for what lies ahead. Now, what I just said is so difficult for many Christians that I've met in my life. And the reason it is, is because the devil would just love for you to have a good old pity party and get downhearted about everything that is in your past. Oh gosh, he loves that, doesn't he? He loves it when what you do is that you just focus on all of the mistakes of your past and everything that's back there. Oh, if you could just focus on your sin. And if that became what you were primarily concerned with in life and you were always looking in the rear vision of mirror of life, that would be so good. This is what the devil loves to do to Christian people. Now, this is the next thing I want to tell you. This is like an oxymoron. But you know, I've seen so many people that got saved, but they still in, they're still enslaved. Do you know, this, let me tell you why it's an oxymoron. Because the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen? Okay, well, that's not the case for everyone that I've met. Because what happens is, is they get saved and then the enemy just comes to them and tries to remind them of all the stuff that they've done. And so they find themselves in this weird state between saved, but not totally free of their past. You know, the mission at Bright Church, we, you know, it's so simple. We just say, you know what? We'll do anything short of sin to see people saved, free, equipped and sent in Jesus' name. Because that's the stage of everyone's life. People get saved, but then, you know what? You got to get free. And the devil loves to make sure that you're not free. He loves to anchor people to their past. And I, I'll tell you the way that he does it. If you find yourself anchored in the past and you're just focused on what you've done, right? You are living in what we would call condemnation. Now, condemnation is not just when you've done something that you know is wrong, because that would be too simple. No, condemnation is the sentence that's attached to the stuff that you've done. Now, you don't need to be a Christian to experience this. See, the devil just loves to ruin everybody's life. You know, he's like Christian, not Christian. What he'll do is he'll just change his tact. So, so if you're not a Christian and you make a mistake and he can make you feel guilty about it, he'll just tell you that you're a terrible human. You're a horrible person. Wow, you are just, you are disgusting. You know, I, I, how could anyone love you? If they only knew, if it was only exposed, if the secrets of your past were ever disclosed, right? And then if you become a Christian, he just changes his tact. So you become a Christian and he says, how could God love you? With all the mistakes that you make, to be honest, God is getting sick of forgiving you. He's just kind of a little bit tired, especially because you keep struggling with the same sins. It's like you just keep going back to Him with the same stuff. When are you going to learn? When are you going to grow? When are you going to get past this? He just wants you to be so fixated on what you can't fix that you don't move forwards. Now, this is why Paul wrote the letter. Because Paul realized that, you know, if you're going to grow and you're going to develop, you need to learn some of this stuff. But he realized that people are going to come under intense spiritual attack. When you struggle with condemnation, honestly, it's debilitating. And it makes people feel sick. And you have no vision for your future. How can you even look 
forward to anything in the future, you'll never be anything. It's hard to have vision for your future when you just live in condemnation. Well, man, there's a current of condemnation that sweeps many people away from the call of God that's on their life. I'll tell you why. It's such an effective tool. I mean, the devil didn't come up with this recently. He's, he's always done this because it just works so well. Dr. Harriet Brachia says, striving for excellence motivates you. Striving for perfection is demoralizing. Any perfectionist here? Anybody that just has such a high standard of themselves that when you fail, or make a mistake, you feel like you're a, you're a total failure. Could I tell you that perfection is, is not really the goal? I mean, come on. I'm not saying that, hey, just do whatever you want. It's fine. It's okay. I, but I'm saying that Paul the Apostle was pretty good. And, and he said, I don't even come close to perfection, that's, that's not really your goal, perfectionists. Like, maybe when you come to church, you expect to hear a different message, but can I tell you something? Give yourself a break. I don't know what you thought I was going to say. Be better. Give yourself a break. Man, because I tell you what, God never expected anyone to be perfect. There's only one guy that ever pulled that off, and you're not him. So if you want to feel like a failure because you constantly can't measure up to Jesus Christ, you're just going to set yourself up for a life of disappointment and disillusionment. Come on, that's not the life that God has for you. This is what you need to know. The pathway to progress, it's never straightforward. What, you know what happens is you want to get ahead in life. And so you make some decisions and you're like, oh, I did so well. I just went up a step, right? I really thought you guys would be so excited for me. It's cool. And you're like, um, you're working at it. I don't know what you're working at, but you're working at it. And, 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 and you're like, man, I'm, I'm doing so good. I've just, I've gone up another level. Mm, okay. And then, you know, on the pathway to progress, because it's never straightforward, you make a mistake, right? And you're like, oh, I, I, that was a mistake. Now, this is what the enemy of your soul loves to do. He says, oh, just then just forget it. Oh, no, forget about it. Come on. Let's just, come on. Let's just camp out here. I mean, you were making progress, but you're never really going to get there. This is who you really are. He would love for you to take two steps forwards, take one step back and quit. Just stop right now. Why should you try? Can I tell you, it's so important that you understand this is what the enemy wants to do to you. Because I feel like if you understand this, then the next time you struggle with some condemnation, you're going to see it coming. And you got to see it coming. Because if you don't see it coming, it's just going to take advantage of you. So the next time that you're in a situation like this, right, and you realize you failed to reach your goal, you don't stop at this point and say, oh, I'm a failure, you say, I'm growing. 
I'm growing. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not who I used to be. I'm not, I haven't reached the goal, but at least I'm moving forwards. If you want to move forwards in life, you'll take two steps forward, one step back, give yourself a break and realize this is what growth actually looks like. I would love to live in a perpetual state of glory to glory to glory. Where, Amen. I want, I want every single step to be forwards and onwards and upwards. This ain't reality, people. It's not life. Eventually, you'll make a mistake. You know how I know that? You're not Jesus Christ. Doesn't take a genius to figure that out. So you're going to make a mistake. What will you do when you make a mistake? I should be sick more often, men. See, I've realized that even when, even when I do something good, the devil will come to me and he'll say to me things like, why'd you really do that, Pastor Ben? Why'd you really do that? Are, are you just about yourself? Are you, come on. Uh, what, what was your motivation, right? Well, you know what he wants me to do? He wants me to question who I am. The devil will always try to make you question who you are. Spiritual growth always encounters spiritual warfare. It always does. So God has a plan for your life. Let's call that potential, right? God has a plan for your life, right? You're not there, but there's a plan. And as you live it out, you're going to grow into the person that God's going to shape you to be, right? So let's just say right now there's a plan and you have potential, okay? That's what that is. The plan is a process because that's what growth looks like. I would love to go from here to there, but it doesn't work like that. The plan is a process. The devil will disrupt the plan to destroy the potential. And he'll do anything he can at any point in your plan to destroy that potential. Because you're going to take ground for the kingdom of God. You're going to make a difference on planet Earth. So of course, he's, you didn't think that he was just going to let you do it. So what happens is sometimes people get super, super spiritual about this stuff. And they're like, you know those people that are looking for demons and stuff everywhere? You know, like they, everything, they sort of become super spiritual. Now, I want you to know that I'm a very spiritual person. I'm a very spiritual person. But some people want to make everything either God's will or the devil's persecution. Now, if everything in your life is about God's will or the devil's persecution, now you're not going to grow either. And the reason you're not going to grow is you just have a, you, 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 there is a failure for you to take responsibility for your own behavior and actions. Okay? Because you keep saying that everything's the devil just alleviates you of the responsibility of spiritual growth. Amen? All right. So, so like when I was 18, I turned 18 and my friend said, hey, where are we going to go? You're 18. We can do anything. 
let's go to the casino. I was like, okay, great. Let's go to the casino because now we can, right? If you want a boring night out, that's where you go. So we go there, show my ID. It's my birthday. We go into the casino. One of my friends says to me, he goes, hey, I'm going to give you some money for your birthday. I said, okay. He gave me the money. And then I just saw opportunity. So I went to the roulette table. I'm not going to explain how this works, but I went to the roulette table and I put my money down. And in the dumbest move of my life, I lost everything in a moment. And I, when that happened, right, I did not look at that experience and say, God, why did you do this to me? <laughs> why did you make me lose my money? I also didn't look at the devil and say, why dost thou persecuteth me in the casino? <clears throat> I said, gambling is the dumbest thing anyone could do with their money, and I will never go into the casino and gamble again. Now, I was 18. Now I'm level 38. That's 20 years ago, right? And I have never done it since, right? Because I just realized it was a bad idea. But you know, if I just blame everything on like, you know, God's sovereign will or it's the devil or whatever it is, I'm not going to grow, okay? So, so yes, I believe a lot of stuff is spiritual, but in the middle there, you're going to grow as well. You've got to take some responsibility for your own behavior and actions. Actually, here's a, here's a hot tip for you. If, if you want to move forwards and strain forwards in life, why don't you just live your life in alignment with God's plan? Like, like, hey, read the scriptures. And when he says you can't do something, why don't you just put that as a self-imposed barrier in your life? Because I'll tell you something about the devil. He actually can't make you do a thing. Oh, he suggests a lot, but he can't make you do a thing. He's not forcing you. I'm not saying that he doesn't work through the power of addiction and other stuff like that. I get that. I understand that. But right, it really is power is he's making suggestions, right? See, what the devil does in your life is he takes advantage of all the dumb stuff you do, right? So stop making it easy for him. Close the window on your dumb stuff and reduce the opportunities that he has in your life. Amen? Amen. Come on. That's just smart. So the Apostle Paul, you know what he says? He says, um, stop looking back. Stop looking back. I think he gives us such a great lead in. Because you remember what he said? He said, hey, I was like a Hebrew of Hebrews of the law, a Pharisee, as the zeal persecutor of the church, you know, as for righteousness under the law, blameless, right? He's like, I was so good. Until I met Christ, this is the thing. If you look back and you think, man, I am so good, you're deluded. You are deluded. You have no righteousness of your own. So I always say, hey, Christian people should be the least self-righteous people on the planet because we understand that as good as we are, we're far from perfect. But look, there's a flip side to that coin. Remember what he said next? He said, then I became a Christian and I realized that nothing was good enough, right? 
Oh, so that's the other side of that. So you look back, I'm so good. I don't need much from God. Oh, you knew you do. You're delusional, right? I'm so sinful. I don't know if God can ever use me. Well, now you're just delusional the other direction. I'm so good. I don't really need him. Um, I don't think that God could ever do anything with me because I'm not good enough. There's not much back there for you, is there? There's really not much back there for you. Either way, you still need Jesus. And there is nothing that you've done back there that would mean that He cannot use you in some way today. I tell you, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to walk forwards and look backwards. It's so hard for people to do. If, you, if you're trying to walk forwards and you're looking backwards, can I just give you a little tip? Be real careful who's got your ear in that season. Because your Savior is calling you forwards and out of it, and the devil is calling you backwards and into it. Be careful who's got your ear in that season. Because if you get the wrong voice, the devil will come to you and he'll say, look back. God is so mad with you. No, like in the beginning, he forgave you, but he kind of figured that you'd get it by now. You've been a Christian 30 years and you're still asking for forgiveness? Man, to be honest, God is so disappointed in you. He's just mad with you. His patience is running out. He's, he, he's sick of forgiving you for the same stuff. Like, when are you going to get it? Now, the devil will tell you that because if you believe that, you won't go to him. That's exactly where you need to be. In that season, when God's mad at you, it's real easy to misinterpret your present situations. You know, like you are driving on your way to work and you get a flat tire and you're like, I know why this happened. Because I saluted that person on the way today. I, I, I gave them the universal sign of disapproval as I was driving through the intersection today. And now I get it. That's why I've got this flat tire in my life. I, I realize right now the reason why I'm sick in my body is because, hey, I just realized that this is a real bad example because I'm actually sick. So, so this, is, this is not like some self-confession. I was about to say, because of that stuff I've been looking at on the internet. Like, <laughs> uh, suddenly, it's like in the moment I realize, <laughs> what, are you, what are you telling them? So it's just an illustration, everybody. Just read in the scriptures. The Bible app. But stuff goes wrong and you try to find a way to explain why it's there. Oh, I know you. You're the karma Christians. The karma Christians. God's paying me back. God's paying me back because I screwed up again. Hey, there's no karma. Let me... Let me rewind this tape. 
and go back to the gospel. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for all of your sins. Everything that needed to be paid was paid. There's no karma. God doesn't pay you back for stuff that you've done and He never runs out of forgiveness. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is good news. And if you get this, the next time your life sucks, you'll run to Him and not away from Him because you're trying to explain it away as if there is a reason for this stuff to be in your life. Now, I don't throw out the principle of sowing and reaping. You do foolish stuff in your past, it's going to spring up in your future, but it's not there because God's trying to punish you. And I think that's very different. Let us who are mature think this way. Here's what you need to do. Do do me a favor right now. I want everyone, just want you to close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes, every single person in this room. Because somebody needs to hear what I'm about to say. I want you to place your hand on your heart. And I want you to just say, God loves me. Say that right now. Come on, everyone. I want you to say it again. Say, God loves me. Come on, say it again. Say it, say it with some purpose. I want you to really say it. Every single person in the room, say, God loves me. There's probably still a person here who hasn't said it because they're like, I'm not doing what you say. Hey, um, if you thought that, I'm talking to you right now. Put your, hey, put your hand on your heart. I don't have to do it. Okay, you, yeah, but you want the love of God. Come on, do this right now. Put your hand on your heart. And I want you to say, God loves me. You got to know that God loves you. You have got to know that God loves you. Because the way that the devil will stop you will be to tell you God's dropped you. He's not interested anymore. He's had enough of it. This is what the scripture says, Philippians 1.6. He says, I'm sure of this, Paul the Apostle, that he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about the day that Jesus returns, but can we just look at this for just a minute? Somewhere God is beginning a work and at the other end of that, God is completing the work. And in the middle, we have this thing called process. Spiritual growth is a process. God begins a work. You're not going to get it perfect right now. That's okay. He's going to complete it, but you need to stick with Him because there's no progress without process. God doesn't want to skip you ahead. The reason why is because, now let me understand this, salvation happens in a moment. Progressing as a Christian and becoming spiritually mature, growing, that's a process. That's a process. I think that what God wants us to do is to go through some things because the things that you're going through are the things that are changing you. Do you get that? It's like if you were to skip the process, you couldn't be who God's shaping you to be because it required the process for it to become active and effective in your life. 
There have been times in my life where I have said, God, I don't know what you're doing right now. I don't understand it. But I know that you're good. And I know that you're teaching me something here. And I'm never going to believe that you're against me because I know that you're for me. And I will always keep my eyes fixed on you because I can't look at my past. I need to look at my future. I need to face you. I need to turn forwards. I I need to keep my eyes fixed on you because if I look at all the other stuff, I, I may become demoralized. I'm not perfect, but I... I know that if I keep my eyes fixed on you when I take step after step after step, I know I'm going to walk through this season. And I don't know how you're shaping me, God. I've prayed this prayer so many times. I don't know how you're shaping me, but I don't want to miss what you're doing. Man, if you keep your eyes fixed on your past, it will cause you to misinterpret your present. Karma Christians. Oh, this is why it's all going wrong for me because God is trying to punish me. He's getting back at me for not living perfect. No, no. That's why Jesus came. God's not getting back at you. Man, He he made a way for you. He loves you. He loves you. Come on, someone needs to get this today. Man, God loves you. He loves you so much. And He's not dropping you because you're not perfect. The Bible says that when we're faithless, He's faithful. He's not dropping you. He's going to complete it. He started something, now He's going to complete it, but you got to stick with Him. And if you do, I think this is what you'll find. And I really believe this. A lot of the problems that you have, they're just opportunities for your progress. Because God's going to use that to shape you. So, hey, don't miss an opportunity. Don't, don't miss one. There's, there's, <laughs> you are surrounded, some of you, unfortunately, are surrounded by opportunities for growth right now. Because you have problems. God, what are you trying to teach me in this? How can I grow? How can I develop? What, I don't want to be in this situation, but Lord, I am here. So if I'm here, I might as well get everything that I can out of it. Like, what do you want to, how are you going to shape me? How are you, how are you going to mold me? I think that your problems, they'll be just potential for your progress. I think that the reason why Paul write this is he, he just wanted everyone to know that right thinking leads to right living. That God is for you. That God is never against you. Got it? Then right now, reinterpret all the bad stuff that's in your life and see it differently. See it as it is. If you know that, then reinterpret all your present circumstances, every challenge you face, every problem you've got, reinterpret it. Because now you know that God's not punishing you. It's not there because He hates you. It's there. Like, come on, let's acknowledge it. It's there. But hey, there could be some reason why it's there. Maybe start to relook at the challenges again so you can grow spiritually. I'm telling you, God has a plan. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Everything around you right now, it's just potential. Grow, develop, lean in, listen to God. Be bigger on the other side of that thing, whatever it is. Amen?
Why don't you stand to your feet? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.